Look out, Dan's here. Shot by Wierenski. Big save by Flurry. Took the angle away. Moves towards the net. Shoots and scores! Bill Kessel with a snapshot from 23 feet away. All right, well, welcome to the Penguins Hockey Fan Cast. This is episode three, season one. Today is January 29th. So what we're going to do is we're moving closer to the trade deadline. Because the Penguins are a contender, they're going to be trading prospects for roster players probably. Most likely. Prospects and picks for roster players. The Penguins system isn't great. It's probably if you have you have thirty one teams in the league. It's if you rank five, I'd say it's probably bottom five. Our system is, but that's what you trade for two Stanley Cups. So I mean, yes, you'll take it every time. And whenever whenever you start getting bad, when Crosby and Malkin are leaving their prime, when we run out of stuff to stock the system with, we can either retool, which means that a couple years we kind of just mail it in and get high draft picks, and then try and redo. The success that we've had while Crosby's still playing. I can see us doing that while Malkin's moving into his mid-30s and Crosby's moving into his mid-30s. I can see us trying to yeah, do post, that. post-35 probably, but I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how they age and we'll see. We're going to have to retool at some point because of the salary cap. Yeah. We can't keep all of our young talent, our Jake Gensels, our Daniel Sprongs, our Connor Sherry's can't keep all of our Brian Rusts and our Matt Murrays on decent deals. Eventually, they're going to want real money, and it's going to hit against the salary cap, which is it's going to make us less and less deep, less and less likely to go far in yeah, the postseason. Yeah, it makes it makes it difficult <clears throat> to win so many years in a row. So. Yep. So prospects are a very important part of the, the the system. Yes, and the Penguins, though they don't have a very good system, they still do have prospects. Every every team does, but. Yeah, we have prospects that these are names that you could see in the NHL in the next year. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll kind of go over the prospect, see what uh, kind of player they are, where they might fit in in an NHL lineup, maybe like a time frame to get there. Yeah, and we'll talk about where they've been so far. Yeah. A little bit. We're doing 1 through 10. So we're, we're ranking the Penguins' top 10 prospects that we think are their top 10 prospects. What's our definition of a prospect? So it's going to be anyone who's not done with their rookie year in the NHL. Yeah, under 25. So under 25 and not done with their rookie season. So that excludes Casey DeSmith, for example. Yeah, That's I'm still not convinced actually. he's a top 10 prospect. But yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I'm just... Even if he was in the... Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. So who do you have at number one? Who do we let's, have at number let's one? Let's start at number 10 because it's kind of like an anticipation thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's start at number 10. So who do you have at number 10, Joel? Zachary Luzon. He's the team's second-round draft pick. He's a defenseman for Ruan Naranda, way up in heavy, heavy French Quebec. Yes, Um, the snow belt of Quebec. 
Well, I feel like it's all of the snow. Yeah, Canada is the snowball. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, 2017, round two, 51st overall by the Penguins. Yeah, and this is the pick that we got from the deal to send Sunquist and our original second to St. Louis for Ryan Reeves. Our 31st overall pick and Oscar Sunquist for the 51st overall pick. And Ryan Reeves. And Ryan Reeves. Yeah. So, like we said, Ruan Naranda is where he plays. Hasn't been super involved this year. He's been hurt a lot of the year. So, he's only played 11 games, has two points in 11 games, is a minus one. Last year, he had a fantastic year. 63 games, three goals, 18 assists, 31 points. 21 points. 21 points. And won the low trophy, correct? Yeah, it's the best defensive defenseman, the Kevin Lowe Trophy. Yeah. In 2016-2017 for... uh... The impressive thing about that is that he was an 18-year-old when he uh, won it. It was his first draft-eligible year. Yeah. If you look back at at the Kevin Lowe Trophy, 2016-17, Zach Lazan won it. Yeah. The next NHL player down that I know of that plays in the NHL, a name I recognize is David Savard. Yeah, he plays for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh nine and ten is when he won it. Yeah, and he was he was nineteen when he won it. Mm-hmm. Everyone else above David Savard was twenty year old. Was twenty year older. So that kind of tells you what you need to know about. So at eighteen, when Zachary Lazan wins that Kevin Lowe Trophy, he's doing it as a young kid mm-hmm. who's playing against everyone up until their twenty first birthday, because this is the QMJHL, which is the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Juniors in Canada. Another Based note. on Elite Hockey Prospects page that this is what we're referencing, it goes all the way back to 2004-2005. The only other player on there to win it that's an NHL player that I recognize is Chris Letang. Yeah, so that's... I mean, it's, it's, it's a good award to win, especially for the age he won it at. It's impressive. Uh, so we'll see what, uh, what he comes up with. Like I said, he's been super hurt this year. Not super hurt, but hurt frequently. So he hasn't had a lot of playing time, which I'm sure the Penguins don't like for his development, but I mean, what are you going to do? So That happens. Yeah. It sucks, but it happens. Yep. Yeah, and so uh, one of the main things about Zach Luzon that I like is that it wasn't just the Penguins that were high on him. There were yeah, a I couple other teams that were going to take him. The Canadians were going to pick him if we didn't. They, they were picking the pick after us, 52nd yeah. overall, and they were going to take him. Yeah, and the Penguins organization, I think, came out after the Ryan Reeves trade and said we would have used thirty-first overall on Luzon. Zach Luzon. Yeah, which is a little shocking to me, and it's definitely off the board because whenever he was ranked, I think he was ranked yeah, in the third he wasn't or fourth super round, highly ranked. But um, and one of the reasons is because there's not a lot of offensive upside to his game. Yeah, think of him as like a Brian Dumoulin kind of player. I think would be the most accurate comparison. He's not going to put up a ton of points, but. He's going to be responsible defensively and add a little edge back there for you. He's six foot tall, one eighty five. So he's, so he's not, not a, Brian Dumoulin. He's, he's not a big guy, but like he can skate, you know, be sound positionally, and um, overall a good pickup to add to your system. And the plus minus stats kind of not great because it talks about usage, but in twenty sixteen seventeen he was a plus forty two. Jeez, plus forty two. That's really good. That's a monster number. Yeah. <laughs> So he uh, he's he's obviously a defensive defenseman first and foremost. If he can add offense to his game in the queue, that's what you want to see if you want to see his development 
go up. Yeah. If you want to see his stock rise as a prospect, he's got to get more offense in his game. 21 points in 63 games isn't great in the queue. The queue is such a high-scoring league. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that he has to work it's on. Not, it's not too, too bad. But um... Yeah. So our next prospect is number nine, and we have Adam Johnson. Yep, who we just signed this offseason out of Minnesota Duluth. Um, he was at the rookie camp and impressed people, impressed the brass enough to get a contract, earn a contract uh, right out of college. And he's been doing pretty well in the AHL, 18 points in 32 games. Training for college hockey, it's his biggest biggest downfall. He was training for the NCAA season, which is only 40 games total, but is having to deal with the 82-game AHL season. But his development should be better for it. Last year he had 37 points in 42 games. With the University of Minnesota Duluth. Mm-hmm. He was a, he was a big forward for them. He was a depth forward for them. Minnesota University of Minnesota Duluth went to the Frozen Four last year on a goal, a game-winning goal by Adam Johnson against Boston U. He was a pretty good contributor, obviously with the 18 goals and the 19 assists, 37 points over 42 games. You get a you getting a lot of offense from him in the University of Minnesota Duluth. He played both wing there. And he played center, and he played defense. So he played all three positions, which is very strange. You're going to get a defensively responsible forward out of him. And he was a sophomore at Minnesota Duluth. He was the second highest scorer on their team that year. So that's pretty good. He is is 23, which means that he's kind of getting to that age where if he's going to be a professional hockey player, he's going to be hitting... Well, he's already professional. If he's going to be a... NHL hockey player, he's going to need to up the production and then kind of fast track his development a little bit from where he's at right now. The thing about Johnson's game that a lot of the coaching staff has talked about liking is his speed and his ability to play a two-way game. Yep. He does need to put on some weight. He's only six foot, 154, which is... That's so light. Yeah, yeah it's skinny. So, But like I said, he's been on a college level training program which is probably not bad but once you get up to the professional level and you're doing it for a living lifting every yeah, day you should be able to put on weight a solid 20 pounds at least hopefully yeah because one you'll get snapped in half at 154 in the nhl well connor sherry manages but he's also super shifty well he's also like he's in the 170s i think you believe that Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Okay. I have no reason not to. I wanted to try and figure out, because I, I don't actually know very much about the United States Hockey League, the USHL. He played a lot of his formative 18-, 19-year-old seasons in the Sioux City in Sioux City with the Musketeers. He put up 71 points in 59 games his second year in the USHL with the Sioux City Musketeers. So I kind of wanted to get a feel for what kind of player he would have upside-wise based on players that have put up those kind of numbers, and then transitioned into the NHL. The closest I could find, and again, this is probably his ceiling. Maybe not, but this is probably the highest he could go. And that's Ruslan Fedotenko, which Penguins fans might remember from our cup runs in 08. It was 09. 08-09 season. He had, as a, he also played for the Sioux City Musketeers. He had 77 points. In 55 games, and that was as a 19-year-old. So he was the same age as Adam Johnson was, and he basically came in and put up the same exact, a similar amount of points over a similar amount of games. 
So maybe we have a because uh, Johnson plays left wing and Wilkes, so maybe we have a sort of Ruslan Fedotenko esque player in him, which would be nice because Ruslan Fedotenko is a solid complementary role player. He was he's an excellent middle six winger. Yep, put mm-hmm. up between thirty and forty points throughout most of his career for several years. Yep, especially while he's on the Penguins. Yep, and that's exactly what you want. So if we get uh, Ruslan Fedotenko out of Adam Johnson. That's absolutely acceptable. And a bonus if he goes back to the center position as well, because we need some centers. We need some center depth. Center yeah. depth in the organization. Yeah, him and Sam Lafferty. I think Sam Lafferty's actually a right wing. Probably plays center in college, just because I don't think Brown's very good. So he's probably one of their better forwards. But okay. I don't. I don't think Sam Lafferty's on our list. So he's definitely not. So yeah, we're hopeful Adam Johnson can turn into something. I think he's. The fact that he's ninth on our list really speaks to the the lack of depth in our prospect pool. Though. Yeah, he's I mean, a free agent signing. We didn't draft. He him. was a free prospect. Yeah, and you'll take it. But you know, not this, it doesn't this, have the coaching staff liked six. him. Yeah, and he looked good in the prospect camp. Yeah, I, I mean, went up to Buffalo over the summer. I watched him play. He looked good. He's very fast. He's very shifty. He was yeah, I was. I mean, line. I wasn't too too impressed with him during the rookie camp in July. But I mean, not, you were impressed with him. Just wasn't that impressed. He didn't stick out to me. Hmm. During hey. training camp, he was on the same line as uh, Sprong and Simone. Yeah, I, I'm, I believe that he's a, a good prospect. I just, I just wasn't impressed with him. Just didn't stand out to me. Hmm. Maybe that has something to do with his super plain name. Yeah. Also, there's a lot of different people that you want to watch while you're at those camps. So you're not necessarily watching the things that are yeah. like two way things yeah, that exactly. he would be doing. So his game probably isn't isn't super super flashy, the way like a Nicholas Almaris is, right? Which we had Nicholas Almaris at eleven in this list. Uh, we both really the reason he's at eleven is because we watched him at prospect camp yeah, and he's, he's really, really stood, stood out. out. Yeah. He's very poised with the puck on his stick. He's an excellent puck mover and he's solid defensively. He's got great positioning, gap control. He always seemed to be skating very well. Stay, just a standout player the entire tournament. At number eight, none other than Lucas Bengston. Yep. Another free prospect that we picked yes, up as a free which agent. which is nice because when we're dealing with all our draft picks to compete for Stanley Cups, it's super important that you get these free prospects out of that may have been missed elsewhere, college free agents, people who have proven themselves in foreign leagues. That we try to do it with Plotnikov as well. But Jim's been really good about adding free prospects to the prospect pool. And the prospect pool is definitely littered with them. But Lucas Begson's one of the better ones. Yeah, he's 23 also. So we'll find out in the next year and a half if he's going to be an NHL player. Yeah, he missed all last year, though, with a POTS diagnosis, which I forget what it stands for. But it's essentially you get super tired and you can't do anything. Postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Yes. Whatever that means. It's basically a a condition that impacts a body's blood flow. Yep. It was misdiagnosed as Lyme's disease at the time. He missed a lot of the season. He played some games. Yeah, and played well from what I saw. Yeah, and now he's he's being treated for that. He's managing that. He's trying to kind of move past it by managing it properly and taking care of his body. So the story with Bankston is that he's an excellent offensive defenseman. He's really good in transition because he's got terrific skating ability that can skate the puck out of the zone. And he also has an excellent first pass. Acceleration, agility, words that, that 
a lot of scouts are using to describe. Yeah, him. he fits the Penguin style mm-hmm. pretty well. So he was never drafted because he's a, kind of a small guy. He was signed originally by Frölunda in the Swedish Elite League, or no, the Swedish Hockey League. Mm-hmm. And with Frölunda, he was a main contributor in their championship run in 2015-16. He stood out a lot in that series, a uh, couple of the series. He was a 14 points in 30 games in those playoffs. Mm-hmm. Played well. Kind of got the attention of a lot of NHL teams and was signed by the Penguins. Yep, and we're lucky to get him. Nine points in 20 games in the AHL this year. So I'm not sure if he's been hurt or what the deal is, but I mean that's pretty good pace for a defenseman in the AHL. Penguins beat writers like Jason Mackey, people that actually, or no, uh, I'm thinking of Jonathan Bobbully. One of them. Have said that he's probably the best defenseman in Wilkes. It's now probably between him and Padan. Yeah. But he has been one of the best defensemen consistently all year in Wilkes-Barre. So hopefully he develops, and he's right-handed too, so he can be that right-handed piece on the Penguins' blue line for the future. I see him uh, as a bottom-pairing defenseman. Yeah, that can bring a little offense for you. Maybe like a John Michael Lyles type. Not big, shifty, can skate, good first pass, but puts up points and you know can contribute offensively for sure yeah maybe even as as a second power play kind of guy yep mm-hmm. takes a little uh takes a little power play time away from maybe some of our other guys yep. but well i mean depends on yeah. how valuable he is in there yeah so or a good injury call up yeah exactly but i mean our top four is set for many many years so i think our top eight is set yeah right now i well i'm talking into the future well i guess you got alexiak as well so no it's a crowd of wheel yeah and hunwick well, Hunwick kind of sucks, but he's on a three-year deal for two point three mil. Yes, I'm aware. Of so even if he is. sucks, he's he's going to be part of the Penguins. Yeah, forward. You're probably right. So it'll be a tough nut to crack. Hopefully, uh, good old Lucas Begson's up to the challenge because it'd be nice to see another Swede in the lineup. He is Swedish, yep. which is always great. It'd and be pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm awful. here all week. <laughs> The thing about the Penguins, too, is we're really good at developing defensemen like him that are his style. Yeah, and you see it every you know every day with the Lexiak, the Alexiak Reclamation Project, the Schultz Reclamation Project. To a lesser extent, uh, daily. Yeah, yeah, daily for sure. Penguins are really good at finding these defensemen who are kind of struggling or just developing defensemen in general. Yeah, yeah. except for Derek Pouliot. Yeah. yeah. But, but he's doing well not... in Vancouver, so we technically get credit for that. <laughs> He just he needed ice time here, but still a waste of the eighth overall pick. But whatever. I don't know why. I have no idea why they had such little faith in Pouliot. I I don't know either. I'm not. I wasn't inside. You've always hated the Pouliot pick. Yeah, because it's stupid. We didn't need another puck moving defenseman. But the thing is, I would have taken Mata eight and Pouliot at twenty one or wherever we got twenty three, wherever we got Mata. Just switch swapped them. Yeah, so that kind of makes it a little more bearable, but and yeah, in that same draft, we also got Matt Murray. I think. I don't know. We got a bunch of good players that draft. Yeah, Jake Gensel was that draft, wasn't he? Yeah, Gensel was the third round. Gensel was the third round. So, so was it so was Matt Murray. Murray. Matt Murray and Gensel were the same. Yeah, because I think we had two third round picks. Teddy Bluger was that draft, which is not necessarily anything. So that was Oscar Sundquist in the third round. Okay, Matt Murray. I think Gensel was 2013. That makes sense. But Matt Murray was there, too. We got Mattia Mac- Mark Antuoni as well. That was for uh, our boy. You yeah. know who I'm talking about. Uh, Latestu. Latestu, yeah. yeah. Hey, Andreas Athanasiu was in the fourth round. There. We are um, 
getting off topic. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up, I think we're done with Bankston, right? Yeah, I think we are. Actually, one more anecdote about okay. Bankston. Bankston said after his championship run with Ferlunda, he was scouted by five or six NHL teams, yeah. given offers by five or six NHL teams. Do you know why he chose the Penguins? Because he was at he was actually at New York's prospect yeah, I know. camp. The I year remember before. that. Yeah. Do you um, know why he chose the Penguins? I don't know. Years, years before he went to the prospect camp for New York, mm-hmm. he had a knee injury. Yeah, which is Penguins approached him to help him with rehabbing his knee injury. Oh, that's nice. Where'd... <clears throat> I read that in an article from, I think it was the Post Gazette. Oh, nice. it was either the Post Gazette or Sportsnet or the Hockey News. One of them. Yeah, I was talking about Bankston's transition to the uh, the NHL by getting signed by the Penguins. Well, that's a nice story. Yeah, it's interesting that the Penguins would key in on him years ahead. Yeah, I'm sure they were probably scouting. I mean, they're, I forget their <clears throat> European scouts name, but kudos to him on that one because if Bankston turns into something, it's a good get. Or even if they trade him and get a better roster player for him, it's a good get. Yeah. It's a free prospect. Free prospect. Yes. Next up on the docket, we have Jordy Bellreve. Another free prospect. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's uh, going to be a theme yes. for the Penguin system. It's tough to it's tough to win cups without trying to find players in free agency. And you're from... always going to be trading trading away your draft picks because you're never rebuilding. Right. So big thing with Bellreve. So describe him. What is he? I th- I mean, he's a center. He stood out at the rookie camp, correct? The rookie tournament. Yes, the rookie tournament. I think he was at rookie camp as well. I can't he remember was. if he looked great or not, but... Yeah, after... Because the first thing that he did was he went to the prospect tournament in yeah. Buffalo. He impressed the Penguins so much that they signed him. Yep. He came to the rookie camp in July. No, because the July the prospect camp was in, like, August in so Buffalo. It, it, Other way around. So he went to rook to prospect camp first in like July okay. or right after the draft, and then he went to Buffalo with the Penguins on a rookie camp. Then they signed him. Okay. Yes. And then he came to training camp. Yes. I think he got sent back relatively early in training camp. He was part of the first wave of cuts. Okay. Yeah. He is 18 years old. He was eligible for the 2017 draft. He was ISIS hockey had him ranked in the fifth round. Yeah, but I heard some people, and I can't give you a source on this. I've just flippantly read it, but as high as the second or third round. So I mean, like, that is really high. And he was drafted in the WHL in the first round, mm-hmm. and he was projected to be a dynamite offensive player, which he's kind of turning into. I mean, as a night, he's nineteen this year, and what's what's he having? He has sixty three points in forty five games, which is right where you want to be for a decent offensive player in the CHL. Tidbit here. He's 13th in, in WHL scoring. Do you know who is 14th? Cody Glass, right? First who, round pick yeah. by the Vegas Golden Knights, Cody Glass. Yeah. Also a center. Bellreve has played three more games than him, but that's like a marginal amount of games. Yeah, right? it's not. And he has one more point than him. So, I mean, just compar- comparable That's exciting, wise. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Your first round draft pick is doing just about as well as our undrafted free, free agent. agent over the summer. And our undrafted free agent over the summer is still 18. Everyone above him in scoring, except for Alexi Heponiemi, who's eligible for this upcoming draft, everyone above him in WHL scoring is older than him. Yep. Every single one. And that's great. Yeah, it's great news. He's a center by trade. I think the organization views him as a center, which is good for our center depth. 
you know, it might take a few years for our us to find an internal third line center. Or he could replace one of Malkin or Crosby when they get old and are limping around on the ice. He might not really be that, that good. <laughs> but that's a little bit much. Well, I mean he's not gonna replace production. That'll be the year when high those end, will be the years we're tanking. I mean, yeah, high end you could I mean forty six 63 points in 45 games. I mean, you could see him developing into a second line center or a middle six center. It's tough to say. It's tough to say based on the WHL. Yeah, no, I mean, but like, I mean, Casey Piero Zabatel had like 150 points in his final year and he could barely crack the AHL. Plenty of players like that. Yep. Plenty of players. So, I mean, we'll see, but promising. That's why he's a prospect and that's why he's number seven. This is sort of not necessarily an indicator of his future upside or anything like that, but he was made captain of the Lethbridge Hurricanes as well. Uh, the former captain, who's a Buffalo Sabres pick, was traded away to mm. the Swift Current Broncos. He is now the captain. Hot damn. Hot damn. He was also an assistant captain in... Uh, Last year. Yeah, for uh, the Carolina Red U... Canada, Canada Red U-17. Huh, I, I have think no idea what that is. Canada hosts... A prospect to a tournament of their own, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's what that is. Well, regardless, I mean, you know, it's so good that he had he was an assistant captain. Shows some leadership ability. Yeah. I think um, that's all I wanted to say about Bellreve. Yeah, Bell do Reeve. you have... He's like, great news. Jordy Bellreve is great news for well, the organization. Like, I mean, the bush that we keep beating is... He's free. Yeah, he's a free prospect. Yeah, this is just the rankings from the WSH... Um, or the WHL. Tyler Steenberger, who was the hero from the World Junior Championships for Canada, is above him, but... Tyler Steenberger. Yeah, that's a great name. There's Happy Niemi. Happy Niemi. And he's eligible this year? He's eligible for this draft. He He's the only one on this list above Jordy Bellreve that's younger than Jordy Bellreve. Cool. Yeah. Hey, it's great. It's hey. great to see. I can't wait to see where he yeah, goes from it's just, here. It's, it's a little weird that uh, people pass him up. He's only 5'11", 192. That might be why. Because he's not too big. But that's a stocky player. Yeah, though. but that's not. You can make a name in the NHL being uh, that yeah, height, yeah, that's not a prohibitive height. He's just a little and, small for what you want him to think. But that's heavy. 192 at 5'11"? Yeah, he's a fat ass. <laughs> he's a fat ass. He doesn't actually, he looks like, he doesn't look like a fat ass. He looks like he's all muscle. Probably, yeah. But yeah, great great news for Jordy Bellreve. He is number seven. Why don't you kick off Teddy Blugers? All right, number six, we have the Latvian Tedor Blugers. Bluger. Second round pick. In that 2012 draft in Pittsburgh, like I said, Latvian born, played at Shattuck St. Mary's, which is uh, the alma mater of Sidney Crosby yep. and Jonathan Taves and several other Zach NHL Parise. players. Zach um, Parise is another. So one. he's got a decent pedigree. He spent four years developing in Minnesota State Mankato, which is you know a traditional hockey school. His senior season, 35 points in 41 games, and that's kind of what you're going to expect from him. He's not going to light the world on fire in scoring, but he's going to be defensively responsible. Make some slick passes. He's a decent decent passer. Consistently has more assists than goals. And this year in Wilkes has 23 points in 38 games. I mean, not great, but what you expect for a bottom six center, which is probably his upside. If that, maybe even a winger at the highest level. I, I don't think he plays wing. He's a center for sure. Well, everyone can play. Any center can yeah, transition you, to wing. Yeah. No, you're right. They might not necessarily be as good at wing, so that's fair. But, but I mean, it, he's 23. It's getting time for Teddy Bluegers to either sink or swim at the National Hockey League level. He's either going to be an injury call-up guy, like, for example, 
JSD? JSD is probably not even that. I would say more of like a Carter Rowney type. I think he's better than Carter Rowney, to be honest. You don't know any of that. Prospect-wise. Prospect-wise, for sure. Yeah. But ceiling-wise, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. But that's the trick with prospects is you never really know. You never really know till it's the show. Yep. And, I mean, you look at He's pretty consistent across the board with scoring. Looks like between 25 and 40 points is right around where you're probably going to expect him to be at. And I don't know if you can put that up in the NHL, but... He was a half-point-per-game player, which is 42 points gamed out over an NHL season. Last year, the AHL is doing better than that in the AHL this year. So we'll see where he pans out. His first professional season was injury-shortened, which always is awful for your development. Yeah. You want to play a full season. You want to get as much ice time as you can. Work on your skill set. Work on the side of the game, the offensive side of the game, which is what he needs to increase. So that's it for Teddy Bluger's. I think we have Zach Aston Reese for a number five prospect. Yeah. Zach Aston Reese is twenty three year old undrafted free agent. We signed him out of college last year. Hobie Baker finalist. Yeah, he actually came um, in second in Hobie Baker Baker. Right voting. after Will Butcher, who I mean you've kinda of seen how he's tear torn up the NHL. I mean not exactly torn up for but for a rookie. Yeah, he's played well. One of the best rookie defensemen out there. He's so. probably he's probably one of the best defensemen on New Jersey. Like, that blue line is notoriously not very good, and Will Butcher well, is probably now, one of the... Yeah. They used to be really good. Well, yeah, back in the 90s, you mean? In the late 2000s. Early 2000s, sorry. Who played for that team in the late 2000s? Early 2000s, as in Kevin Stevens, Scott Niedemeyer. Okay. That but whole crew. Aston Reese was second in voting. Last year, he had 63 points in 38 games with Northeastern University. That's really impressive for the college game, which is notoriously defense-heavy. Low Grand, scoring. Yeah. thirty-eight or 31 goals in 38 games for Zach Aston Reese. That was number one. In, in Hockey East, too, which is a really good division. Yeah, Boston. Yeah, where he went to Northeastern. I think Harvard's in that division. UMass. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maine. BC, BU, right? Yes. Isn't, I think Notre Dame's in that division as well. It's not. Notre Dame is in uh, the other major one. I think it's in Hockey East. I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. It's a tough division. Yeah. So 31 goals, which is pretty good. He actually kind of discovered his goal-storing touch his senior year. Prior to that, he hadn't broken. He hadn't put up considerable goal totals. It was 14-13 his sophomore year and his junior year. But last year, he really he really started putting goals in from up close. Like, not... Exactly like a Patrick Hornquist type, but the kind of guy who scores in the blue paint, yeah, scores by mucking and grinding. Probably a little more, maybe like the guy he's trying to mold his game off of down in Wilkes-Barre is definitely Billy Guerin. He maybe doesn't have a shot that Guerin does, but probably a similar kind of power forward type player. If he's Billy Guerin in his career, he's very happy. Yeah, top end. Billy Guerin would be a good comparable, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the top end. At the top end, the yeah. likely the likely comparison for him is maybe a fourth line grinder type. I that's a good fourth line grinder type. I think a middle six winger probably. So he's going to slot in a second or third line and chip in complimentary. Maybe go to the net against like on a Crosby line or a Malkin line, something like that. I think that's what you're going to look for with Zach Ashton Reese. So to start the year, kind of had high expectations for Zach going into the year as did a lot of the Pittsburgh media. He was one of the big so names. The organization. 
Yeah, and and for for good reason. I mean, he's he was well scouted. They really liked him. Uh, they liked his play style, and they think that he's the kind of player that uh, would really help the Penguins. Going into the season, though, he wasn't particularly good in the AHL. No, he he started really slow with Wilkes-Barre. But recently he's picked it up. I think you said he has like 10 points in his last eight games or something like that. 12 points in his last 10, actually. Wow. Four, of which, four of which are goals. He's now the second highest scorer on the, well, third highest because Daniel Sprong's back down. But he's got... A total of 28 points, I believe, in 40 games, which is pretty okay. It's not like, call him up right now, good. Like, it's not incredible offensive Yeah, but production. after a slow start, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's also second on the team in penalty minutes. So he's kind of got that edge to, for forwards. He's kind of got that edge to his game as well. I don't necessarily think penalty minutes are all that important, but... Whenever you're looking at a player's grittiness, well, I guess that's what you he's, would use. He's a power forward, so I mean, if he's hitting and being involved in the game, then that's when he's at his best. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like Sid. You're not gonna. I mean, Sid, you want to be involved. I mean, by no means am I comparing Zach Aston Reese to Sidney Crosby, but you want him to be involved and get getting his game flowing. And I think Zach Aston Reese does that with penalty minutes and mixing it up. He did have eight points in ten games last year. That was in, in the, the playoffs. AHL. Still, yeah, no, that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah, like, obviously he's got he he can play at that level, and if he can play at that level, it's just a step up to the NHL. Yeah, he's probably of of our prospects in Wilkes Barre right now. Aside from Daniel Sprong, he's probably the most NHL ready. Side note: I did see Teddy Bluger had twenty five points in forty two games. That's pretty good for the Latvian. But yeah. anyway, I th- I think he's probably that's probably what his production will be until he gets signed by the ECHL and then back to Europe. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that one. I think he could be a pretty solid fourth-line center. We'll see. Uh, next up. And this is a player, actually, that I said this about for a long time and still believed up to the beginning of the year. I said the same exact thing as I said about Teddy Bluegers. I said Dominic Simone, who's our fourth prospect on this list, I said he doesn't have NHL upside. And if he does, it's as a complimentary bottom-six scoring winger. He's a middle-six winger. I mean, he's playing with Crosby right now. Nine points in 16 games in the NHL. That's awesome. Two games on against the Wild last Two week. Two goals, yep. Two goals, yeah. yeah. His Corsi 4 is 58.2. Wow. That's playing with Crosby, though. Yeah, but he I mean... He plays almost you know. exclusively with Crosby, so you're going to see really great Corsi 4 numbers. He's got... He's got... His last two games, or his last three games, he's got four points. So he's on a bit of a hot streak in the sense that he's generating more points now. Since his but you call could, up, you could see it even when he wasn't generating points. I mean, he was in the right spots. He just wasn't. He was maybe a little bit behind, still getting used to the speed of the NHL. He's got good. He's got skill, in the sense that he can stick handle well. Yeah, he's got good he's, hands. He's got good hockey sense because he can find the open areas of the ice. I think he's gonna see like if he ever generates offense like a Connor Sherry had or like a Jake Gensel had then he's going to see an even bigger regression when other teams start keying in on his tendencies. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to be a player where other teams are going to be keying in on it, especially with Malkin and Crosby. I mean, he's never going to be your main piece. Like, he can compliment you. And We looked up a player who was comparable to Ruslan. Um, Adam Johnson was comparable to Ruslan Fedotenko. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of where Dominic Simone could be as well. Like and, a Ruslan Fedotenko yeah. type. Mm-hmm. So maybe put in maximum 20 goals minimum like 12 a year and just compliment you in your middle six so like i whenever i think 
like Ruslan Fedotenko, and we use him, we've used him a lot, but a player like Ruslan Fedotenko, which is like a middle six, like you said, complimentary winger, he has a lot of tools that are desirable for a championship team. That's what Brian Rust is to the Penguins right now. Yeah, I agree. So what you're saying is that Dominic can, Simone is like a Brian Rust in terms of where he can it's, contribute it's on a... Different, it's a different skill set. Effectively the, the, the same. The same level, Brian Rust brings something different than Dominic Simone. Absolutely, but Brian Rust is a middle six complimentary winger. Yeah, and I would not disagree with that statement. Okay. Yeah, I... And I mean, uh, it's comparable. I mean... He's probably... Because Dominic Simone... And he's remarkably consistent in the AHL. 68 games in 15, 16, 48 points, 70 in 1617 with 46 points, and then 17 points in 21 games this year. I think in the NHL, playing with better players, admittedly against better competition, but those better players are going to finish more of their chances. But I, I think you could expect 40, 45 points out of him in the NHL once he gets used to it. And the eye test is good with him as well. Yeah. For sure. He looks he doesn't look out of place playing with Crosby. There's maybe some situations in some games where it's a consistency thing, like he has a, a invisible game. Yeah, but even when he has his games, he's not playing poor. I'm really high on Dominic Simone in case you can tell. Yeah, I'm not nearly as high on him. I don't th- I, I think this time next year we'll be talking about trying to trade Dominic Simone for I mean, if he's like, he in a trade chip, I mean, that's fine. Like, I mean, if, that's if what people you do. start keying in on who he is as a player and what he looks for as a player, because the NHL nowadays, okay, so they film key on is... him and then ignore Crosby or no, Malkin. no, no, no. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. You watch film of a player, right? And everyone around the league gets used to playing against that player. That's what the NHL is nowadays. And I think a lot of what you see with Gensel this year, why he's regressing, or why he's regressed a little bit from where he was last year in terms of uh, goals, at least. A lot of that might be because goaltenders, defensemen, people that he's playing against have kind of figured out what he wants to do on the ice and they've adjusted their game to He's also to missing for it. a lot of shots. He is. And, and they're going to start going in for him and I expect him to get hot at the end of the year. Yeah, I, Hopefully I, right as playoffs. I mean, is he's still out. on point on pace for like 22 goals or something like that. My point is that as players become more and more inundated in the league, like they see more yeah, games, he, you adjust other to. teams pick up on what they do. Yeah, and they're And they they're good enough that they can adjust to it and it it's really difficult to maintain that consistency. Yeah. Players adjust in the AHL too. I mean, it That's true to a lesser degree though. I disagree with that. Well, an AHL team from year to year is vastly different, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas an AHL team from year to year is not all that much different. Yeah, but you're still there's still professional hockey players that know how to watch film. They're, yeah, it's it's true. No, that's that's a good point. That's a good point with him. I, I don't know. I, I I think middle six winger complimentary is not too much to expect. And if you trade him for another piece, fine. Trade him for another piece. That's what these pieces are here for. And I don't mean that, you know, they're not possessions, they're people, but... No, yeah. You know. <laughs> they, they're, you can add them and subtract them because they do have... And they're making a lot of money. Yeah. So, tough to feel bad for them. So, Dominic Simone, number three. He's check two. Continues the long tradition of awesome Penguins checks. Well, a tradition of Yammer Yager. Marty Straka. Oh, yeah, Straka was check. Joseph Melikar. Jan Herdina? I've never even heard of Melikar. Really? No, I haven't. Well, he wasn't good, but um, Yuri <laughs> Slager? <laughs> you just looked up all the Czech players, probably. No, I didn't. I the, the Penguins, 
had like a streak of like 20 years with having a Czech player on their team. Thomas Vokun? Oh yeah, Vokun was Czech too. Yeah. So check well, yourself Czech, Czech before Republic, you wreck yourself. Czech Republic was a good hockey nation Still for a is. long it's time. It's probably number five or six in the world. Probably, yeah. Because they've got I mean, Philip Chittle and... Philip Zadina coming Zedina out. Zadina well. is probably going to be third or fourth overall this year. Dominic Simone's the... One thing player. I like about Dominic Simone, and this was sort of like... This is like unrelated to his ability to play hockey. But when he was sent down, he was uh, he was very, very pissed off. The night he was sent down, he played at a game in, in Wilkes. And this is a story that's been all over the Pittsburgh media. But he scored the game-winning goal that night. I think it was an overtime goal, too. And they asked him in the locker room, like, you know, you got sent down. Daniel Sprong was just recalled after he scored a game-winning goal. And he said, I'm expecting a call. <laughs> like, what a boss. Yeah. I'm expecting a call. Well, I mean, I love that battle, sort of attitude. Half the battle in professional sports is your... Uh, your ego? Yeah. Keeping your ego up? Yep. Robert Lang was checked, too. The Penguins have a lot of check players. Well, maybe Dominic Simone will stick around and he'll be he'll be the next in the long line. And we just we will trade up for Philip Zinina. Yeah, I I would. Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah. We're not we're not gonna be. Well, maybe we could trade a goaltender, one of well, our young that, goalies. That's a that's a. I think we're gonna use Gustafsson in a trade for Pajot. So that's actually probably a good uh, transition to yeah. our next prospect. Oh, At number wow. three, we have Philip Gustafsson. I didn't even mean to. He was drafted 55th overall. 55th. Yep. Yeah. That's what it says. 55th overall. That just sounds weird to me. I don't know why. In 2016, that was the second round, the f- draft year that we won our first cup recently. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, but it was 2016. 2016 cup. Yeah, he was our first pick that year. Yep. We took Casper uh, Bjorkvist with the next pick, which mm-hmm. was also in the second round. But he was he was a bit of a weird... It's like Jim has a fetish with goaltenders, similar to how Ray Shiro had a fetish with mobile puck-moving defensemen. You don't want to get me started on Derek Pulak. <laughs> You like the only Mata pick. Yeah, if and Joe Morrow was probably a good pick, too, even though he didn't really pan out. Yeah, I had no problem with the Joe Morrow pick. The Pouliot pick was just the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my you entire life. You know who else life. is still in the NHL? Scott Harrington. Yeah, but he, does he play for Columbus? He does. I actually, I think I think probably Zach Luzon, our number 10. That's probably what Zach Luzon is. He's probably Scott Harrington. I'm going to say he's Brian Dumlin because I'm an optimist. I think being an optimist is saying he's Scott Harrington. Because <laughs> he's this is an important year for him Scott in the queue. Or, oh, Luzon. Luzon. Yeah. And he's injured. He hasn't played. He's played 11 games. He's got two points. Well, and people I, come back from injury all the time. It's true. It's true. And, like, well, Daniel Sprong is an example of that. He was yeah. injured last year. He came back. And, well, we'll talk about him. Uh, right now, Philip Gustafsson. He was recently the starting goaltender for Sweden in the IIHF World Junior Championship. They got silver. It's like the Olympics for kids under twenty. Yes, in case you're unf- in case you're not familiar with the, the World Juniors, he um, won goalie of the tournament. Yeah, so that's always a good sign. Yeah, he was undefeated up uh, until I that gold he, me- he, that silver medal game. He also starts the gold medal game. He yeah. starts in the SHL as well. He's got more game. I mean, which is the, he's playing against men in Sweden. He's got a 2.31 goals against average and a 9.13 save percentage. I don't think Lulella, I think that's how you say it. Lulia. Um, Lulia is a good team, though. I'm thinking that they they made the playoffs last year, but I'm thinking that they leave him out to dry a lot, and that's why you see the 2-3-1. That's true. That's a really good number. 
Yeah, I I don't think they're. I could be wrong on that one, but I don't think they're a good team. Well, the Super Elite League, which is under twenties in Sweden, he's been loaned to a couple times, seven games to be exact. He's got one point seven one goals against average, which is excellent. Yeah, and he's got a point nine two five save percentage, which is also excellent. But yeah, he's he's a good goaltender. Probably one of the better goal, goalie prospects. So whenever they hand out these awards at the the World Junior Championships. They're called Directorate Awards, and they hand them out for Best Goalie, Best Defenseman, and Best Forward. When Philip Gustafsson won the 2018 Best Goalie, he was in the company of Rasmus Dahlin, who was the first overall pick this year, consensus first overall pick. Yep. This is going to be the Rasmus Dahlin draft. And Casey Middlestat, who went, I think, 7th or 8th last he's, year. He's with Buffalo. He's with Buffalo. He's a good prospect. He's an excellent prospect. Yeah. Other names on that list... Going back here to 2013, John Gibson. Prior to that year, it was Peter Mrazek. Another check. Another check. Uh, Jack Campbell was probably gonna is probably a bust. Benjamin Collins never heard of him. Probably a bust. Jacob Markstrom is Markstrom's good. good. He plays for Vancouver right I now, right? I think so. Yeah, he's kind of like a one B. Steve Mason, fuck the Flyers. Carey Price, Tuka Rask. Merrick Schwarz, Al Montoya, Mark Andre Fleury, Kerry Lettinen. So I mean, it's it's no Rick DiPietro, whose it, face was broken by Johnson. Yeah, but I mean, Rick DiPietro was a good goalie before they signed him to that thirteen-year deal, and then he was just like, screw this. He was also on a really bad so, Islanders team. Yeah, but for I mean, a lot he of the really years. he really shit the bed. The point is that 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 list of names is pretty impressive. There are some misses on that list. There's yeah. there are far more. From the last 15 years, there are far more that turned into NHL goaltenders. Yeah. And I've read scouting reports on Philip Gustafsson, and he's often compared to... Milan Kraft? Another Penguins check. Sorry, go on. He's often compared to Henrik Lundqvist in his style. Okay. He plays very shallow in the blue paint. He doesn't come out very far. He's very technically sound. He's quick with the glove. He's quick in terms of his positioning. He needs to work on his athleticism. And on his like, but size I mean, Flurry isn't the most, or not Flurry. Murray isn't the most athletic goalie either. I mean, no, the, you don't need to be super athletic to be. I mean, relatively, especially not nowadays. Yeah, goaltenders that are drafted nowadays are big goalies. Yeah, they're tall. They don't have to be thick, but they have to be. And you have tall. to be in good position. But yeah, anyway, a very promising prospect. But honestly, he's probably going to get traded. I maybe not probably, but that's what I would do to get a third line center. Well, for Ottawa in particular, because they don't have. They don't have a goaltender prospect. Yeah. And Craig Anderson looked really human. Well, he's just old. And, I mean... He's 34. It's not too bad. He's like 37. Is he? I think so. Okay, yeah. Craig Anderson is 36. But that is old. Yeah. You give him two or three more years, and then Gustafson's ready, and then you plug Gustafson in if you're Ottawa. I mean, I think you make that... I think Ottawa even has to add to Pajot for that trade. You think so? Gustafson's one of the best goalie prospects in the league. It's probably um, that Russian kid. Who's a Capitals prospect. Shestorkin, who's an Islanders prospect. Yeah. And then there's another Russian kid for New York. There's a there's a Russian Rangers. goalie who, who is a... Um, I, I couldn't tell you who it is. But I think it's Ilya maybe, Samsonov um, that you're thinking maybe of. Maybe that... Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. And then Carter Hart is probably one of the best goaltending prospects in the league. He's a... Flyers prospect, so he's probably going to be screwed up in his development and end up being bad. <laughs> but top three, regardless of well, this this where you year winning him. winning top goaltender of that tournament really helped his standing. 
if you if you're Ottawa and you have a chance to trade for a number one goalie for your franchise for 15 years, you do that for Pajot every single time. You do, and you add. Not only that, but Ottawa has in the pipeline they have Colin White, who's a center prospect. Yeah, they're set. Uh, Logan Brown, who's so a center give us prospect. some of your centers, Ottawa, or one of them. Just Pajot would do. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, Philip Gustafson, good prospect, puzzling pick, but you'll take it. You you take the best available. That's what builds good hockey. Yeah, teams. absolutely. But if I he mean, was what they thought the best available was, unless you're Ray Shiro and you have a huge boner for puck moving defensemen, then you take Derek Pouliot. Well, in Ray Shiro's defense too, we've had this conversation. But in Ray Shiro's defense, puck movers, if they turn out to be good, they get a lot of money back. They get a lot of assets back. Yeah, that's fair. There was a trade at one point to send Ryan Kessler to the Penguins, and the main piece was Derek Pouliot. Oh, I think that great. was like 2012 or whatever, whenever he was awesome. traded. The main piece was Derek Pouliot for Ryan Kessler, and we didn't accept that trade because we thought Derek Pouliot would be Chris Letang replacement. Morons. Yeah. Hasn't worked out. Sometimes but, that happens. But uh, number three is Philip Gustafson. So who's our number two? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Tristan Jari. Goal, back-to-back goalies, huh? Yeah. Uh, so he's in the AHL right now. Which is probably good. I think we've agreed that that's probably the best best uh, direction for his development. Jesus, six and one. Goodness. No, wait, no, that's that's goals. That's games it's games play. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know what A stands for. Assists. Four and two. Yeah, assists. He has one assist. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to start games in Wilkes Barre. He hasn't actually it's been just... that hot in Wilkes this year. He's been pretty good in the NHL though. Yeah. Two point four four goals against average. Yeah, he was he was good when he was up here for sure. Yeah, but, and I really, the only reason he's in the AHL right now is because DeSmith has proven himself to be a good backup. Yeah, and I, I think ultimately that's what you're looking at. Out of DeSmith, a ceiling for DeSmith is an NHL backup, and then you have Murray as your number one, and then Jari is used as a potential trade chip. Not now, not during the season, but during the offseason for sure. Maybe during the draft. To get Philip Zadina. Another check. <laughs> yeah, well, you're dreaming. You're dreaming. I know, but, you know. <laughs> it was what it was. Uh, maybe maybe an example of a trade that would be... Because what if Murray goes down in the first round of the playoffs? Jari comes in, steals two series on the way to, like, another Stanley Cup appearance or then, maybe, maybe a conf- you, even conference final maybe appearance. Maybe you trade Murray, then. You don't... I don't think you trade Murray. But I, I think you really... I think you think about... Because Murray, for one, is... he's. A proven back-to-back Stanley Cup goaltender. He did it two years in a row. Yeah, which is impressive. Which is more than you can say for Jari, even if Jari does take you that far. No, that's fair. But he ups What his you value, say, that's... that's exactly my point. Yeah. Then you go into the draft and you say, look at this goalie that got us into the third round. One, two series against whatever. It's maybe or... worth a third overall pick. We don't know that Philip Zadina is going to go. <laughs> I know, I'm just messing. One through eight pick. Yeah, no. Well, Those Corey, are really, really Corey good Corey Schneider got a number six, right? He was a little bit more proven at the time, but yeah. He got a sixth overall pick. If, if you're talking that Jari takes him to that. I mean, in that scenario, Jari is a potential trade chip. He's a good goalie. He has a great pedigree. Drafted in the second round in 2013. Was higher rated than Murray. Yeah. Before but, Murray before Murray broke out in the in the AHL, he was a higher rated Yeah, they were, they were looking for Tristan Jari to make some noise. Yeah. And goalies are so weird too that it, NHL it, teams that, that that draft goalies they don't really put a lot of stock in a goaltender until they start proving themselves on the on the professional stage and once they do that they're very valuable mm-hmm. or at and, least they. I mean Jari. I mean nine and four and two two overtime losses, eighteen games played is pretty good. Yeah, 
Not bad. And with what the two four four save percentage? Yeah, and he's still young. He's twenty two. Goalies don't really start. <laughs> yeah, they get their stride until yeah. The but mid-20s. I mean, he's shown a lot of positive progression. The Penguins are very deep at the goaltender position too, which is great news. I mean, we've been the we've been the archetypal for uh, for showing that go- two goaltenders are necessary to win a cup. Yep. Two good goalies, and the Penguins have potentially three, which is good news. Now, if we could just get a third line center. Yeah, maybe one of them is out of the door for a third line center. I, I think Jim uh, said well, that he wasn't. Yeah, no, Jim. I think uh, Mackey probably reported that there was a press conference. Yeah. After and I mean Jim, prior to the All Star, Jim's break. obsessed with goalie depth. So for good reason. Yeah, I mean, he's no, proven, it, it's it wasn't a negative. Can thing. you really just, knock his obsession with goalie depth the last two no, years? No, I said it was not a negative thing. You know, it, you needed all three back to back years. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. So, but all right, next up. I'm sure you've probably already guessed is uh, probably our only blue chip prospect. I don't know. I'd say Jar is a blue chip prospect. That's true to some degree, but Daniel Sprong is our number one prospect on our list. Shocker. Yeah, he's probably he's probably the only skater in our prospect pool that could be considered blue chip. How about that? That's fair. Yeah. And he's also the only prospect in our prospect pool that has what I would consider elite skill, an elite yep. skill set. Yep. Could be a top six winger in this league long term. Absolutely. The thing with him is he, and I noticed this when he was up with the Penguins, he does kind of float around. Disappears for shifts. Yeah, so uh, it, it looks like he's not trying, but I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's more that he's just trying to find a spot where it's quiet on the ice so he can let that shot go. You saw, if you're all familiar with the Penguins, you've seen him take a shot at the NHL level, and it is insane. It's a good shot. It's pre- honestly, I think if he gets called up, it's the best release on the team, including Phil Kessel. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think it just depends. The puck just explodes off his stick. The great thing about his shot too, and Phil does the same thing sometimes, but he gets a load of it every single time, regardless of the time it takes for him to release. But his quick release, combined with the fact that it's a hard and accurate shot, is why it's so deadly. Yeah, it's it. It's insane. Which Phil does too, but Phil usually likes to rocket it off the rush. Sprong can get it in tight. Sprong can get it in weird spots. I don't think Phil can do that as well. I agree. Because if you watch Phil on the power play, especially... Phil's more of a deliberate shooter, but he's going to fool you with the release. Whereas Sprong will just... He's more of type-wise, not skill-wise, but more of an Ovechkin kind of type. He's just going to let it rip, and it's going to be hard, it's going to be accurate, and it's going to be fast. And... Sometimes you just beat goalies that way. Yeah, exactly. In the AHL, you watch highlights, and he's beating goalies, you know, from the blue line. Well, that one goal he had, I think you missed it, but it was, uh, I can't remember what game it was, where he he basically comes in, he's coming down the left side. There's a defenseman who he tricks into thinking he's going cross ice to Crosby. So the defenseman pinches towards the middle of the ice. He takes that opportunity to skate to the left of that guy, cut into the crease, and then roofs it as he cuts across the blue paint. And that's... That's a super skilled goal. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of goal that you want to see from Daniel Sprong at this level because it's like... He can score. There is zero doubt that he can score. I mean, he played in 31 games last year for Charlottetown and had 32 goals and 59 <laughs> points. Over a goal per game. <laughs> the Q is really bad defensively, though. Yeah, but that's still ridiculous. He had 1.903 points per game. And it beat... The next highest player by 0. .4 points. <laughs> yeah. It's insane point, what he did. Point three, but yeah. Well, 
Yeah. He had he had 59 points in 31 games. He was injured for most of the beginning of the year. He was actually injured as a black ace for the Penguins. Yep. And then he kind of came back in, like, November and just lit the league up. <laughs> to put it in context, Nico Herscher, the first-round draft pick of the first overall pick this year, had 1.5 points per game, and Daniel Spock had 1.9. He's also two years older. Yeah, but... Philip Chittle, who, or uh, Philip Klappick, who's also, I think, an Ottawa prospect. Yeah. He had 91. He's the same age as Daniel Sprong. He had 91 points in 57 games. He was the one that was closest to Daniel Sprong in terms of points per game production. And he had 1.596. 59 points in 31 games is insane. Over a a goal per game. (laughs) Barely over a goal per game, but that's still pretty ridiculous. Yeah. From people that have watched him play, and this is like super unofficial, because these are people on Reddit that watch the, the Prince Edward Island... The Charlottetown uh, Islanders. Charlottetown Islanders, yeah. They watched them play, and he, they said that his main problem was that, like we said, he disappears during shifts. He doesn't back check. He just See, I don't even goals. think his defensive Ovechkin's, game... Ovechkin does that a lot, though, too. Yeah, I, I don't even think his game... I don't think he doesn't... I mean, he looked decent on the defensive side of the puck, but like even in the offensive zone, it looked like he was floating, not getting into board battles. And I mean, I can see he's, how that pisses some of that though. I can see how that pisses the coach off, but like you trade that. That's not his game because you happily if, trade if it, that for offensive. Production. If it pops out of that board battle and Sprong's right there and he uses that wrist shot, it's, it's a goal. Yeah, honestly, I'd like to see him on a line with. I'd rather see him with Malkin. I'd rather see him with yeah. Malkin. I think they fit better together. I'd like to see. Well, Phil fits really well with Malkin, and Phil's a similar type of game. I think Phil's a better passer than Sprong. We don't really I see know your that. Point. I, I I would say Sprong. It Typically, fits, the guys it fits can... more like James Neal than it does Phil Kessel. Yeah, but James Neal's also really good with Malkin as well. Yeah, that's what that's the that's what I mean. But the great thing, the thing about putting Sprong with Crosby is Crosby's the best grinder to probably have ever played the game. Yeah, and Sprong's Sprong isn't a gr- doesn't play a grinder's game. No, he doesn't. He's a goal scorer. He's a yeah. pure goal scorer. I'd rather have Simone up there with Gensel and. Crosby, and then probably... Simone on the right wing? Probably Gensel on the right. Because I think Gensel can play right wing. I think Gensel could probably play all three positions. I yeah. think he's best in the left. Yeah, me too. But I'd, I'd rather have the experienced player on the right. You don't like... But, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's it's really F1, F2, F3. Well, so. what about Gensel, Crosby, Hornquist? And then... That line was really good. People forget sometimes that... That it was Sherry, Crosby, Hornquist. That top line was really good. Yeah. In 2016. Yep. I'd like to we're, see Gensel, Crosby, Hornquist. Yeah, I, I'd be okay. I would like to see Simone, Malkin, Sprong. Because Sprong and Simone played well together whenever they were yep. on the same line with Crosby. That might have been Crosby finding his game. See if it works. Malkin's, Malkin, when he's yeah, on, anyway, can be just as I, good as I Crosby in some ways. I think the point is that... Um, yeah, I agree. I think the point is I, I like Sprong more with Malkin than I do with Crosby. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see them. I'd like to see them get three lines that can that have elite talent on them. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> so, well, they kind of have that now, but they need that th- that three C like we've talked about yeah, on this podcast in the past. At nauseum. At nauseum. Yeah. Yeah. You see the Rangers are selling. JT Miller, maybe. He's a Pittsburgh. Guy. Well, he's not from Pittsburgh. He's, he's from, from Ohio. Well, like Steubenville, the burb of the bird. Yeah. Ohio, though. But yeah, yeah but I mean, like, like less than an hour from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Maybe a little over an hour. Well, Sam Lafferty is from Hollidaysburg. You still count him. That's true. I still count Stephen Johns. He's from uh, Evan City. 
Yeah, exactly. He plays for Dallas. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, but that wraps up our list. Daniel Sprong's number one. Just You just want to recap it real quick? Yeah. Yeah, we can recap it. Well, just I mean, just with the names. Number 10, Zach Lozon. Yeah, then Adam Johnson at number 9. Lucas Bengtson, number 8. Center, Jordy Belrive. Who I'm excited about. I'm excited about Belrive. I'm excited about most of them. He could, as soon as next year, he could skyrocket up to third or fourth on this list. Yeah, depending on... Because he's probably going to get an ELC next... Well, he's on an ELC this year, but he could probably come to the... AHL next year. AHL. We'll see what he he is. he's 19 this year? He's 19. Well, he's going to turn 19 in May. He might have to spend another year in junior. I don't know. I don't I'm know not, how it I'm works. not familiar yeah. with the rules. I think it's. I think it's if you. I don't know when the cutoff is. If you spend a full season, because it's the season end and season beginning. No, you have to be 20 to play in the AHL. If you're on a junior contract, if you're under contract with a junior team. Yeah. Which he is with Lethbridge. Yeah. If you're coming from WHL. the CHL to the AHL, you have to be 20. Yes. To play in the AHL. So, but I don't know if that's 20 at the start of the season. I don't know if that's 20. At the end of the season, I don't know. Yeah, it just depends on the cutoff. But Cause anyway, because he's, he's in, he was in the same draft class as he was. His draft class was last year. Yeah. So if you think of it like that, he could be eligible for the AHL next year. Hopefully, because it's draft year plus I mean, one plus or plus two for the AHL. I don't. I don't actually know. I mean, I guess we'll find out at some point. Yeah. I'll have um, to look that up and see. Yeah. What if he made the camp? What if he made the team out of camp next year? I mean, that's probably he's not going to make the team out of camp. No way. You don't think so? No, no way. Not even as like a bottom right winger. Nope. No, because I think they see him as a center, and I think they want him developing. So I think he's probably a long term solution at third line center. At anyway, third line center, you think? Yeah. But what is he going to surpass Malkin? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I probably. That's probably bold. You just said you were high on him. I am high on him, but I, I'm not ready to be like, oh, Jordy Belrives are going to be our 30C next year. Well, I think that's where now. they project. Well, I'm not saying that either, but I'm saying that's probably where he projects in this lineup. Uh, anyway, number six is Teddy Bluger. Five, Zach Ashton-Reese. Number four, Dominic Simone. Then Philip Gustafson. Gustafson. You've been you've been messing that up this whole podcast. Oh, whatever. Gustafson. Philip Gustafson. I don't, I'm not <laughs> Swedish. Philip Gustafson. I'm not... Swedish, so it's just like whatever. Tristan Jerry, and then Daniel Sprong. Danielle, uh, how do you even mess up Sprong? All right, I'm Sprung. Sprung. Yeah, I'm, all right. Well, Sprung. you get you get the gist. Uh, what? Who's playing this week? What's the Penguin schedule look like? Got the Sharks tomorrow, the thirtieth of January. I expect a win in that one. They played really well last game, and Dell shut the door. It's a toss-up kind of game, so. I think we're a better team than the Sharks. Yeah, I agree. Then the Capitals on Friday, that's a big one. Yeah, it is a big one. The Penguins, if they go on a run or if they pick it up through the rest of the year, they could easily take first in the division. They're yeah, not that far which back. I don't I don't know if you want to do, but... Why not? I don't know. Home home, uh, home rink advantage, the whole playoffs? I don't think that matters that much, to be honest. Okay. Saturday, they have the Devils. Yep. They should win that game. The Devils are falling like a Led Zeppelin. Which is good. If we win that game, that's that's a good step in the right direction. Yep. That's and a good that, step. That's to, pretty much it for the week. Just three games this week. Coming off the All Star break. Did you watch any of that? No. I never do. I, I watched like a little bit of the Skulls competition. I caught highlights. I saw Flurry won the save streak. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. Pacific Division won the whole thing. Because they do it three-on-three three three tournament style. Well, Brock Besser actually had something to win. <laughs> Did you see he got like... Uh, he got a car. 
He got a car. He I got mean, uh, two twenty five or I think it was two hundred fifty. He's probably gonna hit some performance bonuses. So he I mean, hit he hit performance bonuses two hundred fifty thousand dollars in performance bonuses. That kid had a good weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's a good. Hey, he's a he's a he's an American. Yeah, it sucks if you were if you would have dropped him in fantasy. That's <laughs> well, right. I picked still can't up believe that. Bo Horvat. He's been he's injured. Center. Yeah, he's back healthy now, and he's centering Brock Besser's goal scorer. I expect him to pick it up then. Yeah. The thing about Brock Besser is, like I said, he's an American. Yeah, so... Jack Eichel, Austin Matthews, Brock Besser. Yeah, it's... Is it's, Barzol uh, American? No, he's French-Canadian. Oh, yeah, okay. But... Mathieu, so he's barely Mathieu, even Canadian. Mathieu Barzel. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, Gensel's probably going to be up there, too. Maybe. We'll see what Gensel... Because Gensel, he's having I'm a bad s- year. He's not having a... It's not having a bad year, but he's not having a great year. He's really not. 15 goals, I think, is what he has. Which, I mean, is pretty respectable, actually. But it's not... Clayton Keller, another future American. The American squad looks good in the foreseeable future. They've got yeah. Owen Tippett, who's probably a good prospect. He's a lot like Daniel uh, Casey Middlestat, who's coming up. Yeah, so... So, pretty good. Until, well, okay, do you expect them to beat the Capitals? Ah, uh, it's a toss-up game. I don't know. I don't want to make that pick. I'm going to make that pick. I think they're going to beat the Capitals. What? Yeah, and then we'll watch the game, and I'll be like, I knew they'd fucking lose the Capitals. Yeah, yeah. we'll see how long. And then I think they're going to beat New Jersey. Yeah, I agree. So probably two and one for the week. Yeah, and and that that keeps you right on track for where you want to be. Like every week, I expect a trade to happen. (laughs) I'm going to be watching my phone. Well, they they really need a third line center. They do. It's glaring and awful. I mean, because JSD is a nice player, but I mean, ideally, you have Riley Shea on your fourth line and. JSD in the minors. Yeah, and Carter Rowney is your 13th forward. Exactly. And Ryan Reeves on waivers. Yeah, well. <laughs> we can all except, dream, can't except we? Except Flyers games and Columbus games. And maybe Washington games to get rid of that Tom Wilson f- guy. <laughs> that Tom Wilson fucker? Is that what you were going to say? Well, I was trying to keep it a little cleaner, but. Yeah, I don't think we have an explicit tag on this podcast, but uh, we'll need it for this next bit. Fuck the Flyers. Thanks for listening. This has been the Penguins Hockey Fancast. We'll be back next week, Tuesday, is when we release these podcasts. If you want to get in contact with us, it's pensfancast at gmail.com. And it's at pensfancast on Twitter. Yep, so listen up. See you next week. We're going to discuss some trades that the Penguins have made. Right, Joel? Hopefully. We're going to discuss that third line center trade that happened. Definitely going to happen. Definitely, definitely going to happen. See you next week.